And now, it's time for Floria. Hi, welcome to Attitude of Altitude, Mindset of Happiness weekly podcast. My name is Floria, founder of Recognize Your Potential, and I am thrilled to be here today with you with my special guest, Janice McGinnis. Hi, Hi Janice. Floria. Hi, Floria. Thanks for having me in. Janice has been a wonderful colleague, friend, mentor for many years. Mm-hmm. We've known each other. We've had so much fun. Yes. Thank you for coming here this morning oh, my to pleasure. have fun together. Yes. We've already had a lot of laughs this morning setting <laughs> up for this recording. Mm-hmm. So we are all set for more fun together with you. Uh, Janice and I have known each other for many years, as I mentioned, and I've had the privilege uh, of working, collaborating, uh, connecting, chatting, and most of all, thank you for your friendship. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you as well. So, Janice, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, But before that, I wanted to let you know that Janice is the manager of organizational health at Dalhousie University in Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia, Canada. She is awesome, (laughs) a leader, and uh, advocate for workplace and organizational health. And uh, she has a lot to share this morning. Uh, I won't even attempt to uh, introduce her with all her accolades, but I will make sure that I will put it on the website and attach it to the podcast when it is being released. So tell us about yourself, Janice. Well, let's see. Well, you've given my title, so that's my the official uh, part of the introduction. So I've been at Dalhousie University for 29 years somehow. So I've uh, I've built a career there. Started off in 1990. Uh, I've made my way uh, in various roles at the university, uh, building a career over time, taking advantage of opportunities as they came along, and. Um, was grateful to start in this role of organizational health back in 2009. So it's now been 10 years. Uh, again, somehow the time uh, certainly flies. And so it's really been an interesting journey to uh, inform people about the concept of organizational health. Um, so back in 2009, there was very little recognition, really, about the importance of all the things that come together to make a healthy organization. So, you know, we may talk about our processes and our policies and our practices, and left last is often the people. Mm -hmm. The last on that list is often the people. So this notion of organizational health when I started it, people thought it meant whether or not we had yoga classes, uh, you know, available at lunchtime. And so it's been um, a process of education and awareness about the role of health in particular uh, of our employees and why that's so important to the organization and that we can't have a successful organization if our people aren't well. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
very well said. Of course, you are the expert and you've spent uh, many uh, hours and years on this topic. But first of all, you must have started when you were 10 years <laughs> old because you were not old enough <laughs> to have been at Dalhousie 29 years working there. Uh, well, thank you. But yes, actually, I am. So <laughs> I started, I don't mind giving my age away. I started no. when I was 25. So Wow. Yeah. So I've my most of my ad, adult life has been as an employee of the university, yes. and I was a student there before that. So it's a big part of my identity. Yes, uh, that organization and the mission of the institution means a lot to me, mm -hmm. and so that commitment and pride yes. uh, shines through in in many of the people that work there. Yes, you are absolutely right. I've met number of people over the years who uh, work there, who teach there who are part of the administration, who are part of the teaching, uh, uh, professors and research, and the commitment devotion definitely mm -hmm. shows. Uh, I believe you and I had met in 2007. Was it? Yes. <laughs> and because um, a while later, uh, you had mentioned that you were now working with organizational health. Mm -hmm. And I remember that conversation very well. It's more than 10 years ago. Yes. But I remember it distinctly. Yes. <laughs> Do you know why I remember it? No, there must have been a nugget in there that resonated with you. Because you said you created your own job description. <laughs> yes. And your job, your uh I remember thinking, yes, that is the attitude of leadership. So tell us more. <laughs> okay. Well, I've been very fortunate <clears throat> to have wonderful bosses over the years. And as the first manager of organizational health, no one had done it, literally had done it before. So I was able to take, there was a job description, to be fair. There, there was a job description as a guide. But... Uh, I w was given the opportunity to mold that into what I thought best uh, at the time. I was given a tremendous amount of autonomy. And so it really began a process of conversation with individuals of, in various parts of the organization about what, what their thoughts were around this notion. And uh, I really, it, it highlighted for me the importance of of, of energy and energetic conversations, right? So you can tell when someone is interested and passionate and, um, you know, even adventurous, right, about all the things we, all the possibilities. It, it was a job completely built on possibilities because it hadn't been done before. So for me, that's personally exciting and energizing, and uh, I just kept having more and more energizing conversations and finding people who were like-minded. And we could say, they'd say we could try this or we could try that. And we just, we had the latitude to do that. So um, I've been very fortunate to have a lot, a b very big playground. Um, and experimentation was okay. So there was no such thing as failure. It was all uh, trial and error. Um, it, with less emphasis on the error. It was more about, let's learn as we go. We'll try this, see how it went, and build build from there. And uh, it's been 10 years of that, mm -hmm. of just building and growing and saying, what's next, and what's next, and what's next. 
You're absolutely right. Less emphasis on the failure, mm-hmm. more emphasis on growing, learning, experimenting. Now, some might, some listeners might say, well, it is a university after all. Mm-hmm. And uh, isn't that what universities are all about? Research. So this is the perfect research in practice. Right. How we live. But not every university is like that. Well, not every part of a university is like that. So the person, the people that you work with are are fundamental to your experience at mm-hmm. work. So if you have a supportive, co- supportive colleagues, you have a, a boss that lets you have a bit of say in how the work gets done, um, you may not have a clean slate like I did, but the... The opportunity to to try and to say I have an idea, mm-hmm. just as simple as that. To say to have someone you can go to, to say I have an idea. I'd like to talk to you about it. Um, just that alone is a wonderful gift. And if you don't have that, I'd encourage anyone to consider whether that's working for them or not. Mm-hmm. Is that something you're okay with? If if you feel stifled in your environment, then is that is that a long-term um, spot for you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how did you feel and become, get to be so empowered yourself? Well, because there is something about someone <laughs> well, that's else's. True. But what about you, as Janice? Well, so there, yes, there are two pieces, at least two pieces of that puzzle. But often the environment drives our behavior, right? Um, so the environment is very important. But I've been on a long journey personally uh, about whether or not I own my life and my experience or not. And initially I didn't think I did. So I was at the whim of those around me mm-hmm. uh, to determine uh, whether, how okay I was. And so it took, uh, again, a lot of trial and error and growth um, to be more aware of uh, how I was uh, showing up in my own thinking and in my own relationships and making continuous adjustments uh, over many, many years. And I could tell you a story of the first day that started, if you'd like. Love to hear that. So um, I remember it uh, vividly. So it was probably 1986, which tells you how long the journey has been. Um, And it is, this is a marathon, not a sprint, right? So um, uh, I was a secretary uh, in a large organization, working for um, uh, three key uh, players within that organization. I was a support person for them. And two of them were not very nice to me. Uh, they didn't treat me uh, with much respect. Uh, the third one absolutely did. And uh, so there came a point, I don't even remember the exact circumstance, but something happened. Somebody said something. And I went into a, an empty office um, where I could have a private phone call with my um, 
my now husband, who was then my boyfriend. And I was in tears telling him about whatever this incident had been. And he said to me, still chokes me up, sorry, every time I tell this story, uh, he said to me, don't you let them get to you. Mm -hmm. And in that instant, the light bulb went on. (laughs) Because up to that point, the first 20 some odd years of my life, I didn't know that I had a choice mm. of whether or not they got to me. So that beca- that began the journey of me stopping and considering and thinking about how I was showing up in my own life. And I tell that story over and over again. Um, it seems to resonate with, with others. It chokes me up every time. Uh, and it started my... Um, my, comf- my increase in comfort with speaking for myself, with owning my emotions and being able to articulate that, with uh, seizing choices, uh, owning my choices, all of that. It just, it just built and built uh, over time. And now my husband says he's created a monster because uh, I now will question and challenge and... <laughs> And he says I'm supposed to do that with everybody else, not with him. But uh, once you get that muscle working, you can't you can't not use right. it. So uh, it's been actually quite fabulous in our relationship as well. So all of my relationships uh, have benefited from me being more of an active participant in them, right? And not just, you know, bobbing along uh, according to what other people th- said or thought. I should behave. Well, Janice, as I was listening to your story, I too was very emotional. And for those of you who are at home listening or wherever you are listening, I did not uh, put Janice up to this. (laughs) And although I did invite her here, but uh, you know that in our show, it's never scripted. It's always improvised and uh, being very authentic. Uh, Janice, that is exactly how any one of us wants to live, Mm -hmm. to be present, to show up. I love how you said, how I show up for my life. Yes. So, um, the job that you do is <clears throat> an extension of who you are. Yes. Yeah. And I try to do that now for others. Yes. Yeah. And you empower others. Mm-hmm. But you used a seeming uh, or allowed a seeming negative experience right. to turn into something much more positive and be a the stepping stone for mm-hmm. you to move forward and speak for yourself mm-hmm. stand up and that attitude of leadership wow <laughs> every time Janice and I meet I have even more respect and appreciation for Janice mm, thank you I mean that. Thank you. Very, very sincerely. Because afterwards, when we finish, I say, oh, 
Isn't she so awesome? <laughs> I am so blessed, so grateful. I love having fun with amazing uh, people mm -hmm. uh, who come into my life and we play together and we learn and we have fun. Mm -hmm. So you started your journey. Yes. Uh, on personal development yeah. and self-empowerment mm -hmm. and you've grown your position you have been doing this so tell us about the two fitting together and organizational health and your job and what does it mean to Dalhousie mm -hmm. and all of that well part of the education around uh organizational health is is explaining what it is, right? There's the physical components of it, sort of the work environment that you're in. There's the, the mental components of it. Is it a supportive uh, place uh, emotionally for people? Is it, um, you know, and acknowledging that people have stressors and responsibilities outside of the workplace. So uh, it's brand new territory, I think, to acknowledge that what happens at home affects your work. And what happens at work affects your home, and that it's not—it's not one or the other. It's all part of the same thing. So I am—I am Janice, no matter where I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I'm at work, sometimes home inter interferes, and when and vice versa. And so, how can we um, make it so that there's uh, fewer stressors for employees overall? generally. So we now start to talk about things like their finances. How can we help them more with that? Talk more about, uh, um, you know, a supportive uh, mental health environment and uh, talk about relationships and just acknowledge all the things, uh, you know, child care, elder care. So we now have a, a caregiving support group because, um, you know, an, an acknowledgement of the, the strain and stress that comes from caring for an aging parent, for example. Uh, and again, brought my own personal experience to that. So I tend to put myself out there. And what I often get back is, is uh, the connection with people. And then that helps me identify what the needs are. And then I go about um, filling those gaps. So, you know, I had many conversations about my uh, caring for my father before he passed away. And suddenly, you know, all the people around me that I spoke with, they had a caregiving story, too. I said, wow, let's just, I can't do anything about those situations, but we can come together mm -hmm. and talk about how you're doing and talk to people who, who get it, who understand the range of uh, issues that come up in that uh, kind of a role. So people have been hugely, you know, uh, appreciative of that. And it's one of the simplest things in the world to do, which is you, you, you book a space and you book a time and you invite people and we just come and sit and talk and um, it doesn't cost anything. It's, uh, you know, it's really about finding a supportive group of people that you can, uh, that you can connect with. And they're from across the organization. You would never run across them any other way. So that's another beauty of it, too. And um, so some, some, you know, there are some large initiatives, but there's also some very simple ones like that that uh, can actually be most powerful because it's a connection to people as individuals. Right? Yes. Now, I know that... Dalhousie is a large organization. Yes. 10,000? 8,000? 
Well, it's 19,000 students. Mm -hmm. is uh, probably, well, around 4,000 employees, depending on your definition. But yes. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a small community. Yes. Or maybe a large community. Or a small it's city. A tall, it's a town, yes. Yes, we have definitely. Our, yeah, it's a lot it's of people to take town. care of. Yeah. And um, combination of the administrative portion, the professors, mm -hmm. uh, research, and students. Yes. Yes. All coming together for the same, the same passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so how do you um, move forward and make changes or bring initiatives in a large organization? Because oftentimes people say, oh, it's tough in a large organization. So. Well, it is tough in a large organization, especially at a university where each each department has its own little culture of its own, mm -hmm. right? So not it's not a one-size-fits-all approach uh, very often. Um, so I've worked, again, where the energy is. So I will work with managers and leaders who have an interest that I can, I can come and support them in their own area of the institution. And so I'll customize um, supports for them. Uh, whatever makes the most sense. And so some of them now have their own wellness committees that I've helped establish, which is great to see. And, um, you know, institutionally, I would say the most important piece is leadership. So I have great leaders that I can turn to and make recommendations and suggestions, um, you know, based on what I hear uh, either are the needs or that I hear in the greater community uh, sort of best practice. And they're very open to, to trying new things, to funding new things. And uh, it's been uh, wonderful to have that sense of support. So I think you, can, you need sort of a combination of um, things sort of top down and bottom up. You know, you, you, uh, you can't force it. And so you, you make things available institution-wide, I guess I would put it that way, and then work sort of at the group-by-group group level uh, with the ones who have some interest and some passion for things and really uh, do some heavy impact work uh, with an intact group. That's mm -hmm. really where the most impact can be felt. Okay. Very well put. Because on the other hand, some people will say, well, in a large organization, they have more resources. And a small business organization, company, mm. not-for-profit organization doesn't have any of those resources. Yes, but the larger an organization, the more complex it is mm -hmm. as well. So it is, there's always pros and cons uh, yes. either way. So, yes, we have a tremendous amount of resources and expertise within the institution and people who are experts in these types of fields that I can uh, draw from. Uh, but when you're trying to support and please uh, 4,000 people, it's, it's challenging to know what are the right, the right things mm -hmm. to offer Yes, because you're never going to get them all. No. Um, so if it was six people, you know, there's still challenges with that. So um, it's just a matter of scale. I'm not sure that it's uh, 
you know, there's pros and cons both ways. Yes, yeah. you are right. There is pros and cons. And knowing what will work in your own mm-hmm. environment, whether you're a not-for-profit organization, whether you are a large university or a small uh, business, doesn't matter how big or small you are, knowing what you want Mm -hmm. and where you're going and how best to get there, what will work in your environment. So you have had champions within the organization? Yes. So, I mean, I've had leaders who are champions for me, but Mm -hmm. I also now have a network of uh, wellness champions within departments. So these Mm -hmm. are now uh, up to 70 people now. Uh, who help me push information through the in, the institution because I can't communicate with everybody. So I now have these people who communicate for me. So I send them information and they send it on further to their team. Mm-hmm. And we've had great results from that. So more participation in our wellness programs uh, as a direct result of that. And now looking to engage those people because they know what what's needed at the ground level, mm-hmm. um, you know, at that local level, department by department. So now trying to, to pull information back up uh, from them yes. into the organization and see, okay, what are the needs um, so always trying to keep connected to what the needs uh, of the institution are, one way or another. Oh, I know. I know as uh, different times through our conversations or collaborations, I know I've learned so much of what you are doing and how you are approaching. And uh, consistency has definitely been the key. yes that you are always looking to move forward. Okay, that didn't work. Let's not focus on what didn't mm-hmm. work. Let's move forward. Yes. And um, Persistence has been my primary quality, I think. Yes, yeah. I would definitely say that. Mm-hmm. And your approach is very much uh, under the umbrella that Carol Dweck calls from Stanford University, calls growth mindset. Yes, Forgetting what didn't work. Yes, we figured out that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Now let's move on to the next piece and see what we can come up with that will work. Right. Always moving forward mm-hmm. and less about blaming. Yes, it doesn't do any good. Learning but not blaming. Learning but not blaming. Mm-hmm. Very good. I may uh, take that. You can take that. that. (laughs) I may take that, Janice. Learning but not blaming. Yes. Very, very good. Yeah. Uh, Important to remind ourselves, and even in personal life as well. Absolutely. Uh, Because um, we've also talked a lot about personal uh, blaming that we tend to do. Yes. And we will talk more about the personal side. Uh, However, I think we will end, uh, bring this portion to an end so that we will come back for the next segment. So there definitely is a part two um, asking you to come back, whether you are at Dalhousie, whether you 
uh, are at another university or a small business right here in Nova Scotia, Canada, or anywhere in the world, the principles are the same. Mm -hmm. We do want to celebrate the successes that Janice and at Dalhousie University has had and the programs. So we want to talk more about those, celebrate them. It's not about bragging. <laughs> As uh, we've <laughs> talked many times, it's not about bragging. It's about celebrating because it's important for us to celebrate and that's how we build a positive momentum to move forward. Uh, for more growth, for more learning, for more advancement. And um, I thank you again, Janice. Oh, you're welcome. For the first segment, yes. we will definitely continue the conversation. Um, love to hear from you, our audience, wherever you are, uh, your ideas, suggestions, um, and gifts of feedback. It's what I strive for to continuously learning and improving. Uh, my learning is not just with the technical side <laughs> of setting up microphones uh, uh, as I was trying to do this morning, but it is also in what is important to you, to your workplace or to your personal life to your business because um, we're all in this together. So you can reach me through my personal email, Floria at RecognizeYourPotential.com. Uh, you can also uh, reach me through my uh, social media at Floria Transforms, uh, whether it is on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. And we are also going to do a short segment on video to put on YouTube as well, because uh, there is um, great demand for that as well. So thank you so much. Really love spending time with you. Uh, this has been part one of organizational health with Janice McGinnis from Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. And we shall see you next time. Until then, have a wonderful Wednesday. Please go to www.recognizeyourpotential.com for more information about Floria. Floria would love to hear from you.